Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is episode 103 of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast. And if you haven't listened to the last couple, make sure you jump in there and and get them done. We've got episode 100, which we recorded with my lovely wife right here in the studio. She put me on the spot. She interviewed me. We got 101 with uh, Matt Staunton talking about Kids Q. 102 was a uh, barbecue podcast swap cast with the Barbecue Beat podcast based out of Florida. And today is 103 and we've got the wonderful... Anju Canal. She's one of the pillars of the barbecue community up in Townsville, North Queensland. She's the owner of Barbecues Galore Townsville and she's head pit head pit mistress at Queens of Q, which is North Queensland's first all-female barbecue team. Now, I met them at the Townsville Barbecue Battle for the first time last year. That was the inaugural Townsville Barbecue Battle. And they took home an absolute swag of trophies in their first ever outing. Not only did they win uh, first place for the first-time competitors, they had like a rookie league sub-competition happening. They actually finished third overall in the main competition, which was absolutely absolutely outstanding and they've they've backed it up through other various competitions to date and they've even done as much as fly all the way from Townsville all the way down to Sydney which if you're listening uh, from outside of Australia that is a really really long way um, it's it'd, it'd be almost as far as flying all the way across America I think it's it's quite a long ways and uh, down to Kangaroo Valley for the beautiful competition down there. And they did really well down there as well. So in this episode, we're going to uh, really pick uh, pick Andrew's brain and, uh, and, and find out what she's got cooking up in there. Um, we're going to find out as a barbecue shop owner, what barbecue she chooses to cook on at home. I always find that fascinating. If you've got all the barbecues in the world to choose from, how do you choose one or two or three? And, uh, and, and what motivates that? So we're going to get into that. We're going to find out which came first, the shop or the barbecue team. And we're going to get the stories on, on both of them. And we're going to find out what it was like meeting Diva Q and bringing her to Townsville for some cooking classes. So if you haven't seen that on the social media, just a little while ago, Diva Q actually came out to Townsville and did uh, some cooking classes at barbecues galore up there. It was absolutely awesome. We're going to get into what trends she's noticed in barbecue in the North Queensland region and uh, find out a bit what sort of find out a bit about what's happening up there. We're going to talk a little bit about how COVID has affected the business there and what they're doing to uh, to, to keep the doors open and, and keep the business running. And we're going to talk about what it's like competing interstate. And we're going to close out the session with a motivational session. Um, Anju's got some uh, some beautiful thoughts to share with us to get people out of the kitchen, get them outside and get into their cooking out there. So we've got an absolute feature-packed episode for you this afternoon. And without further ado, let's get stuck into it. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Andrew Canal, pit mistress of the um, Queens of Q, welcome to the confessional. Thank you very much, Ben. It's an honour to be on your show. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. I've, uh, I've met you, you a, couple of, a couple of times now and it's just absolutely lovely. 
Thank you. Yeah. And um, I share the same feeling about you. You are a top bloke and always like, you know, hanging out with you or you're always very helpful and, and love that smiley face. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. All right, so let's uh, let's kick things off. First of all, as a barbecue shop owner, what do you cook on at home? Well, at home, Raz and I um, have about five different grills, but mainly the Kamado Joe and the Traeger. I've got a Timberline 850 at home, so those two get get used quite a bit. Um, but owning a barbecue is galore. We cook in store quite a bit and we are always, you know, as most business owners would know, we live here. So in the store, so we cook a lot in the store um, and we use the two Traeger and the Kamado gets used in the store also a lot. So mainly the first um, Kamado Joe and in the last two years, I use the Traeger a lot as well. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that you've been using them in the, in the competition team there. What, what drew you to the Traeger? Well, it's the consistency, you know. You you know what sort of result you're going to get, and you know your flavor profile is not going to change big, big time using this sort of the similar sort of pellets and stuff like that. So I think the consistency, definitely in the um, competition field, the consistency is quite quite a key. We've sort of noticed, you know, you can't just go, all right, we'll go with iron bark this time, or I mean, it's fun there as well, and we do use those kind of fuels, but finding and using the Timberline and the all, all sorts of Traegers are really um, really easy, and the consistency is what we go for, really. Yeah, I'd imagine that when it comes to things like uh, fire management and all that sort of stuff, you wouldn't be worrying about uh, exactly how dry is that piece of timber that I'm about to put in the firebox of my offset. You wouldn't need to sort of worry <laughs> about, about how all those little things are going to, are going to influence the fire. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the main reason, you know, all the girls, um, um, including all the other girls, um, we we decided to sort of go with the go with the Traeger. And we did use Kamado for both our competitions. We've only done two so far. Um, and uh, we used Kamado and the Traeger both. And, you know, and it's just easier not having to worry about all the other other aspects of cooking. Yeah, I can I can certainly see that. Now the uh, the Camado, uh, the other one that you said you had at at home there. Which model was that one? So I've got a Camado Joe Classic, which is a fairly old one, and uh, it's a medium size. That's for a, you know for a family of four to six. It it serves the purpose, and um, having the ceramic grill is definitely like we've done overnight cooks. So I do. You know, if you're sort of planning a dinner next day, I do an overnight brisket or something like that because I can just um, – just a small amount of fuel goes a long way on these cookers. So um, just fill it up, put your deflector plates on, put your brisket or whatever you want to cook, and you can basically forget about it for eight hours and no, no problems. Yeah, I've never actually cooked on a, on a ceramic barbecue myself, but everyone I've spoken to just absolutely loves it. Oh, it is wonderful. Uh, it is our first. So um, those who know us, Raj and I both love Kamado and call it our first baby. <laughs> um, so if you, you know, owning a shop, if we had a chance that we could just, you know, pick one barbecue and go, Kamado would be the one. And uh, the simple reason being it is lump charcoal that you're using, not briquette, not anything, any other form. It's the purest form of cooking, which is using the lump charcoal and the flavour is just unreal. So we, we love it. The consistency you get out of it as well because it's the heat retention is amazing. So you don't lose 
any heat. You know, sometimes you sort of overdo the chicken and it's a bit dry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the with a kettle or you know with any metal barbecues. Whereas the ceramic being um, ceramic, it doesn't lose any heat. That means your meat's going to be moist for a uh, you know for a long time. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because you'd, you'd almost think that being a ceramic grill that it would uh, that it would absorb the moisture. So it, it's quite no. fascinating that it doesn't do that. Yeah, no, it actually it actually holds the moisture in your meat. And with the other form of barbecues, you have to add like a water pan to retain that moisture. Whereas being ceramic grill, I never use water pan or anything like that. It keeps the moisture real good. Oh, that's awesome. So you mentioned uh, that you prefer using lump charcoal there before. What's your favorite mm-hmm. lump to use in your in your Kamado? Oh, Kamado Joe lump charcoal all the way. It's an Argentinian charcoal. Um, I think the charcoal, the wood itself is called axe breaker in Argentina. So oh, wow. it is, yeah, they're big lump. They're bigger than your head lump you get in the bags. Um, they are premium, so they are a little bit on the higher end from for price point, they're fifty four ninety five for a ten kilo bag of charcoal, but it is worth every cent. It is so big. There's no little bits and pieces. Um, so yeah, we love using that. Um, but at the same time, I have trialed uh, heat beads and stuff like that on it as well, which seems to work all right for not a very long cook. But if I'm just cooking, say a rotisserie or something like that, I don't mind using beads on them as well. That's interesting. I was going to ask if you were, um, if you did use briquettes in it at all or, or if it was just always lump charcoal. So yeah. I didn't actually realise that uh, the Camado Joe made their own charcoal too. Oh, yeah, no, that, that's the best charcoal you can buy in Australia by far. Um, if you can afford the Camado charcoal, do not buy anything else. <laughs> that's <laughs> my big tip. <laughs> oh, awesome. Fair enough. And so you mentioned uh, that you like to do long overnight cooks there. You you mentioned brisket. Um, what other things are your favorite things to cook on that on that Kamado? Uh, because it's um, charcoal and the heat retention is so good, I use it like a cast iron wok and do um, wok cooking. We do we are from Nepal originally, so goat curries and stuff like that come out real good on a like a cast iron wok. So I do that kind of. I love cooking goat in my Kamado using the cast iron wok. So. I think what that has to be one of our favorite things to cook. Um, um, other than that, we do do like ribs and all your other cuts. And uh, steak is really awesome on the on, over the charcoal, just directly. And I use the um, grill grates as well, so um, comes out real good. Oh wow! I I do love a good goat curry. I actually grew up on a goat farm, and man, goat is such good eating. Oh, it's so lean and it's, if you cook it right, it's so flavoursome. We love it. Yeah, I, I always found that it was, the flavour was quite similar to lamb, but without a lot of that, that sort of that fatty aftertaste that you can get with lamb sometimes. Yeah, that's it. It's a lot more leaner and um, yeah, growing up in Nepal, as they say, mountain goats are the are the best. So yeah, we yeah. grew up with a lot of goat, yeah. So is there like a, like a local goat farm that you're able to source up in Townsville there or do you, is it... Uh, does it come from somewhere else in the country? Um, yeah, there is. We actually get a local goat from one of the local um, local guys. So, um, yeah, we, we get – when we buy, we buy a whole goat and they just butcher it all up for us. And, and yeah, it, we do ribs and we do, like, leg and diced pieces for curries and stew and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, we just get it sourced locally, really. Oh, that sounds amazing. I love all that sort of locally sourced meats and all that. They're just so much tastier. 
Oh, absolutely. And you can see where they come from. You, you can see like they run wild in the, you know, paddock and you, you, you're definitely eating good, good produce there. So we love, you know, as much as we can, we buy local and um, even the butchers we um, use here, they source most of the things in Australia. I don't think actually, yeah, most things they sell would be Australian. So we love um, buying Australian produce for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what came first then, the the shop or the barbecue team? Well, the shop definitely came first and I have a little story to share, share there. So basically um, about over 10 years ago, Raj came, my husband came to Australia uh, from Nepal, not speaking much English or anything. And um, he found, you know, he landed a job in Moore Park in Sydney at Barbecue School as a casual staff. And um, ever since he'd never left and we traveled around. And so a few years later, I joined him and I joined Barbecues Galore. So we've been working together for over six, seven years. So uh, we've actually been working at Barbecues Galore for a long time. And um, our last store was in Cairns, which was about two years ago. We were there for three years. And all of a sudden we were like, well, looks like we are, a, you know, a good team. We can work together. Um, which doesn't happen very often. Um, and we thought, you know what, let's uh, let's get into it. And we wanted to buy um, a franchise. So Townsville didn't have one for about five years. So we, um, we put the offer in and we bought the business first. So we um, opened Barbecues Galore Townsville about two years ago. Our anniversary is actually coming. It's the 30th of April um, is our anniversary, second year anniversary actually. Um, and then, um, about a year last year, it was, um, barbecues, uh, the barbecue battle in Townsville, uh, all the talk started and we thought, well, may as well form a team. And, um, I started, uh, thinking about it and I thought, well, you know, girls can barbecue too. So why not form a, um, girls only barbecue team and, uh, put up a little, uh, little ad on Facebook. There was a little uh, barbecue um, page and, and a couple of the girls approached me from there. Uh, one of my team members had, um, actually two of the girls had bought a, bar- a couple of barbecues off us before. So they came along and, you know, we are a team of five. Um, yeah, and we, we love it. Yeah, fantastic. Now, I'm, I'm going to loop back to the to the start of the story there. So you, you said that you guys have been with uh, barbecues galore for like roughly 10 years and you've worked together um, for about seven years. What working as a, as a husband and wife team can be, can be quite tough. What, what do you sort of um, attribute your success to in that? Um, I think, you know, when you come just sort of having that um, rule where when you are at work, you're not husband and wife, basically has worked for us. So we we treat each other with respect. We don't, you know, so, I, so until last year or well, until I, we started the business, he was my boss, but, um, and I treated him like one, you know, like generally when a wife comes along, it's like, you know, I'm the boss now sort of thing. But <laughs> I, sort of, um, I sort of treated him like the boss, you know, how you treat your normal um um, boss at work. So I think that's sort of the understanding and, and we actually like spending time together as well. And we, um, I think we sort of fulfill each other's like, you know, talk, talking to certain type of customers when you're trying to sell a product, some people are not gravitated towards you where Raz can go and, you know, help them. And 
sort of it it works really well for us actually and we love spending like you know I wouldn't have it other way any other way because we love spending time together at work at home we are sort of I don't know <laughs> it feels it you know it, it doesn't work for everyone but it certainly works really well for, for us and I think the respect for each other and and when you are at work you are at work you know and when you when you go home it's a different story so um it's yeah it works quite well for us that's beautiful. So who's the boss in the new store then? <laughs> well, that has to be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's had his share of bossing me around. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. So does that mean that he gets to be the boss at home? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a given. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure Raj is shaking his head right now just going, no. Never the boss. <laughs> I no, mean, he, like lets he's, me, he, he lets me be the boss. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> and you mentioned um, the the fantastic uh, Queens of Q there. You said that you um, put it all together from a, from a Facebook post. Yeah. So I put up a post and Anne, um, Anne contact me, contacted me through that. Also, Melanie um, did contact me through that but we already had a relation in store as a customer um, already. And then Claire came along later and it's a funny story. And Raj actually sold her a $200 offset billabong offset. And Raj that afternoon said to me, you know what, this girl I met today would be perfect for your barbecue team. And she somehow reminded him off Diva Cute. He said, she's got the same sort of personality. And I said, said, all right. Yeah. And then, um, I messaged her and we got along and, uh, and then Dee came along. So including, so Dee and Claire, Mel and myself. So we've got five of us. Um, so yeah, we, we all got together and had a chat and, and they all sort of shared the same idea of, yeah, we can barbecue. Why not? You know, give it a go. Um, and then we started cooking pretty much every weekend at the front of the shop because they had, um, you know, at least one of them would be free the week, on the Saturday and we would be cooking at the front. So at Barbecues Galore in Townsville, just so everybody know, we cook at the front every Saturday. So that includes, we don't just do sausage sizzle, we do, you know, pork belly burnt ends, we do brisket sliders, oh, we wow. do things like that. So it's just a handout. We don't. It's non-profit. It's just a handout. If you want to try something new, just come in and, you know, it's been quite, it's been quite successful for us. So, um, yeah, uh, from that point, we started cooking at the front and um, at least one of them would come in and um, tag along and help us out. And, um, and I think that sort of goes towards the success of the team altogether as well because we got to, rather than other teams that can't really got, get together so much, we could get together a lot more. and you know, cook together a lot of the times, which helped, um, I suppose, helps in the long run. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. this is a bit of a tangent question, but you, you said mm-hmm. that you cook out, out front of the store there. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have to get like a full-on food license and all that sort of stuff to do that sort of thing? Absolutely, yeah, and we do have food, food license, definitely. Oh, okay, yeah, I just wasn't sure about that because, uh, yeah, I Anyway, like I said, it was a tangent question. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all right. You, I suppose you've got to have a, you know, have a food license to hand out food to the public. So um, because it is non-profit and not making any money, I don't think it's a must, You might, uh, but we definitely 
thought it's a good idea to have it anyway. So I hold one and I think uh, a couple of the other girls have them as well. Yeah, it's always better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it and get that fine. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty devastating. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> no, no. So um, let's talk about uh, about the business and the, and the current situation. How has, yeah. uh, how has coronavirus and COVID-19, how's that affected uh, Barbecues Galore Townsville? Uh, look, it has affected big time. The foot traffic has definitely gone down um, by, I would say, 60 70% because, you know, people are asked to stay at home unless they absolutely have to get out. Um, so it has affected us, um, you know, quite quite badly. But at the same time, um, because we've now been here two years, most of our regulars do come here quite regularly. Like we have a really good regular customer base. So um, that has definitely helped us stay afloat and we are still open every single day, 10 till 4. Um, we have a stock of pretty much charcoal pellets, uh, rubs and sauces. We've got, you know, all the things to get you going. We also do gas refills in store, so that sort of keeps us busy as well. Um, so yeah, look, you know, it has affected the business, um, side of things. Absolutely. The business we are definitely not doing as, you know, as well as we should be doing, but, um, and some of the stimulus packages obviously has helped, um, like the job keeper, you know, um, package and stuff like that definitely has helped us to keep all our staff still. And, um, yeah, so it's not you know, the time that we would, you know, we want it to be over, but we, yeah, we're not struggling, but we are still going. <laughs> it's still hard work. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So the, the government stimulus package, the, the job keeper package, that's the 1500 a fortnight deal, is it? Yeah, that's the one. That's great. That's such good stuff. And so because of that, you, you, you've been able to keep all your staff. Yeah, that's it. So we had two girls that um, went on maternity our leave, which sort of worked out on, I suppose, our side. And the other way, other other staff are casuals, but they have been with us more than, you know, more than a year and a half. So we have been able to keep them still and their students. And, you know, we would have, you know, hated to let them go. So this has definitely helped. What a, what an awesome part-time job for a student there to be able to work in a, in a barbecue shop. Oh, they love it. They never bring lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what my Never. job was when I was a university student? What was it? I was a bouncer. Oh, wow. That that was a rough gig. That was tough. <laughs> oh, that would have been fun though. <laughs> uh, at times, at times, yeah, sure. <laughs> there were also times that it was very, very not fun. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so what sort of, um, like, are you doing any sort of uh, innovative new things to, to, to keep uh, customer engagement with the store. So, are you are you switching to an online focus? Uh, like, are you doing the, like those cooking demos? Are you now videoing them live and presenting them on the internet and that sort of stuff? What are you? What sort of measures have you taken? Well, we've been doing a fair bit of Facebook and Instagram messaging, and you know, putting up uh, photos and videos of the new arrivals and the daily deals and stuff like that. So, we are sort of doing that aspect at the moment but um as much as we would like to you know and you would probably relate to this uh doing a video putting it up and tidying all up takes a lot of the time and both of us being in the store full time it sort of limits us to do all that um but we do do a lot of live videos because i find them very natural and 
you know, organic that people just get to see you in the in the instance and you can just share the message quite quickly and easily. So we do a fair bit of live um, live feed through the Facebook page and that sort of, you know, gets us good attention and, um, yeah, so that sort of keeps the customers engaged, I suppose, I suppose yeah. Yeah, I did see one where um, it was a maybe a, two weeks ago or something where one of the young ladies that, that works for you there was doing a bit of a walkthrough of the store and telling everybody what was on and what was going on. And I thought that was really good just to be to be reaching out through the through the internet to people because, uh, yeah, the internet is uh, is a big deal right now. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's on their Facebook and phones and, you know, so it's a really good platform at the moment and we, we're making the most of it. And um, all the yeah, staff also like getting on the on the live videos. And, yeah, Sophie was doing a, a video the other day of the week. And, um, yeah, and, you know, a lot of people then know uh, these guys are open. Otherwise, they've got no clue because uh, there's half the shops that are closed in the centre and half the shops that are only doing half a day. So it's really a, a tricky situation for a buyer as well at the moment. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Andrew. Now we did mention Diva Q at the top of the episode, and you have mentioned that uh, you have your very own diva on your team as well. Uh, I think I think you said that was Claire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. Uh, she is our diva. Um, she, um, she. I mean, you know, in a good way. She's. Um, She's amazing and she puts in, I think, if I had to say who puts in most effort into the team, definitely it would have to be her because she's always cooking, um, doing videos, photos, um, editing. She's doing most of the most of the work. So she definitely, you know, can take that hat of being the diva of the team for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've met her in person twice and uh, she's one of those people where you can just like – uh, you, you can read or you can sense the the enthusiasm and the passion that she's got. You can tell that that's really what's driving her. Oh, absolutely. She loves it. And um, all her, you know, she's got two boys and even they love cooking now. And um, she's recently got a Kamado Joe, she's got a Traeger, she's got a Ziggy, she's got a Kettle, like she's got all these different barbecues and, you know, all the, her family, including herself and they love it, you know? So I think it's, um, yeah, she's definitely one of those enthusiastic barbecue person and, um, she, she helps us big time and I would like to actually thank her. I'm sure she'll be listening for everything she does for not just Queens of Q, but barbecues galore Townsville as well. Yeah. She, I, I could tell that she certainly does a lot there and, to to graduate from a two hundred dollar um, offset to all those different types of big name barbecues there in twelve months, that's uh, yes. that's a that's a big passion. <laughs> it is, and um, her husband Joe is pretty happy that she does all the cooking anyway. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, but bringing it back to the Diva Q, what was that mm-hmm. like bringing her to Townsville? Tell us how all that came together. Well, we met her last year in 2019 for Barbecues Galore Annual Conference. She came because um, she's ambassador for Traeger and uh, she d- did all the cooking for all all of us. So there were hundreds of people and she threw a party, including Eric Gephardt and herself. And um, and I was actually talking to her prior to the co- the barbecue battle. Um, I messaged her and said, I'm form- forming a ladies only team and I you know she's such an inspiration for all the women in barbecue 
um, and uh, she's such a down-to-earth person. And I, um, she actually brought me her cookbook signed by her and she gave that to me when I met her um, for the first time. And that was really, um, that was such a sweet gesture from someone such, you know, someone like Diva Q. I was like, wow, she's amazing. And um, we uh, talked uh, last year about um, doing some classes and possibilities and she said, look, you know, it is. It can happen. Maybe last next year, and uh, we sort of um, started the chat then, and um, spoke with Trade Australia, who are amazing to deal with as well as a business owner. Um, so they said, "Yep, absolutely." So we um, we got her in. Um, and funny thing is, we barbecues galore. Townsville is actually the biggest trade seller in Australia, and we got wow. Um, we got, yeah, and we, we actually got an offer to go to America, Raz and myself, um, um, to the Traeger HQ in Utah <gasps> for this year. Uh, all expenses paid, but bummer, COVID-19, we couldn't go. Oh, no. Yeah, but we can go next. I mean, whenever it's open, they've said, you know, it's fine. We, you, can, you guys can come whenever, whenever we can. So that's such a, yes, yeah, such, a, such a great moment for us. Yeah, and so um, Diva was doing classes, and did you say she cooked for a for a function or something? Yeah, so we had an annual conference, barbecues galore annual conference. So all the ah, company, gotcha. all the company stores, all the support support staff, we um, sort of went to a resort. I think it was yeah, it was a conference for about four nights, five days. So one night is a food fair, and Eric Gephardt and uh, Danielle. DVQ um, through this party and we all got to enjoy the food there. And um, and this year she came down about four weeks ago, uh, about four to six weeks ago now, um, she came and did a class with us. We had about 60 people and everybody wow. just adored. There was not even a single dull second. It was so good. Um, we We absolutely loved it. Yeah, to uh, to fill out a class like that, sixty people in a class—that's phenomenal. Because I mean, we're like with yeah. with respect, Townsville's a small place. Yeah, it is, but um, there's a lot of barbecue enthusiasts, and like I said, we sell a lot of Traegers here um, because people have time, but they're busy at the same time. Everyone's got a big family; um, they're busy all the time. You know, you got to take kids to the soccer and swimming and this and that, so they're always really busy. So. People sort of gravitate towards the Traeger uh, or the pellet grilling. Um, so I think her being that ambassador for Traeger as well helped. Um, and everyone that owned a Traeger wanted to become. And we actually sold, we had to cap it at 60 because there were a lot of other people that were interested. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was quite a, quite a good moment for her. And she was quite stoked to see everyone came in with an esky um, full of beers. And she was like, I have never seen so many people. Walking in with an esky, huh. and uh, yeah, it was it was quite quite a good good fun, yeah. Yeah, well, that sort of uh, sort of segues nicely into um, into the my next line of questioning, which was um, the the trends in barbecue in in that North Queensland region. So obviously, Traegers are popular. What's the most popular model with the crowd up there? Um, in terms of the model itself, um, the Traeger Ironwood, we sell a tons of them because they are sort of, you know, not too expensive, not too cheap, has got elder features and benefits of the, the bigger expensive models without the price tag. So 
it retails for two and a half thousand. And I think, you know, if you're after a good barbecue, two and a half thousand is sort of affordable for most people. So we've been selling a fair bit of those. Um, but at the same time, talking about barbecues and the trend, um, a lot of people are definitely um, going towards this smoking and low and slow cooking simply because, you know, it's really getting really popular in Australia. But in Townsville, because there is no winter as such, everyone can cook outside 24-7 all the time throughout the year. Um, so having a nice barbecue, it could be a smoker or or a gas barbecue, is definitely, you know, people cook outside all the time. So a lot of people don't even use the ovens at all. So the trend's pretty, you know, going towards, like it's definitely the smoking is really the king. Um, but we still sell a lot of the Ziegler & Brown portable units and uh, and our big four banners and six banners are definitely still popular. Oh, so good. Yeah, I've, I've, I've still got a full burner gasser here at the back as well. Yeah, do you <laughs> put bacon and eggs on it every now and then. <laughs> um, it's a it's a Napoleon gas grill actually, so it's got that uh, that curvy line oh, yeah. grill all the way across. Um, yes. So I, I I have to put a skillet in it to do things like bacon and eggs. Um, yeah. And I, I haven't used it in a long time because my yard is a mess. I've had landscapers in here for the last six months. I haven't been able to get out the backyard. Um, oh yeah. So I'm I, they should be finished by the end of this week. Touch wood. Um, so Good I'm luck. I, I'm hoping to be able to get back out there soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is there a particular um like uh, a particular wood that's popular to smoke with there or is there is it iron bark is that the standard fuel or do you have a different timber up in that region? Uh we do sell for like for offsets and pizza ovens we sell local iron bark which is actually funny story um a 13-year-old helps his dad chop the wood during his um weekends and stuff like that so they bring uh 20 or so bags every week and uh, drop it for us. So it's basically we sell it for them and it's, you know, it sort of helps him that he get the young bloke loves doing it. And I actually did a little video a couple of days ago with him and he, he really loves it. So um, so we sell a lot of the iron bark for the offsets and the, and the pizza ovens. But for smoking wood itself, we have, you know, anywhere from pecan to post oak, we've got cherry, hickory. We sell tons of... Cherry wood is really popular. Everybody, for some reason, loves cherry. So we, we can't keep enough of the cherry smoking wood chunk. Um, and, um, yeah, look, hickory obviously is uh, always popular. It's, um, I suppose, everyone knows hickory and they like the flavour. So hickory and cherry would have to be, they, they're very famous and, and that is in pellets as well. Interesting. Now you uh, you mentioned post oak there as well. I, I haven't seen any down here in the Gold Coast region. Where does the post oak come from? Well, barbecues galore um, head office has them, so we get it directly from barbecues galore warehouse. Ah, okay, very easy. Yeah. And so is that is that an an, an imported wood then? Because I don't think it's it's not a native to Australia, is it? No, it's not. I'm pretty sure it's American. Um, I think the brand is called Western. Western is the brand, Western Chunks and Chips. Oh, I'll have to head down to yeah. my local store and, and check it out because I, I do want to have a crack at um, at some of that post oak because the people that I talk to uh, over in Texas about barbecue and that, they just rave about post oak. Yeah, um, I personally, because we haven't had them for a very long time, it's fairly new stuff. I personally haven't cooked with it, but everyone that has comes back for it. They love it. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't doubt that for a second. Um, where do you personally stand on hickory, though? Because uh, personally, for me, I find hickory and especially mesquite to um, to be quite an overpowering wood. I I much prefer to go the way of of cherry, like you were saying before. Yeah, I use cherry a lot. I love cherry. Um, hickory, I can do. I don't mind hickory, but um, mesquite is definitely one of the strongest, and I hardly cook with mesquite. Yeah, I think I I bought a bag of mesquite in 2012. Yeah, and, and you I've, still have and it. And I've still got oh, I've still got two thirds of a bag of it sitting in the garden shed. Yeah, the same story here as well. Yeah, we have, yeah. yeah, I've still got some chunks left at home because it is quite an intense flavor. And um, I think you know one of those blokey blokes that like their smoke food love the mesquite because it's smoky and heavy sort of thing. Mm. But yeah, it's it's a little bit on the heavier side for for us. Yeah. Yeah, I I much prefer to uh, to to treat smoke as a seasoning, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want it to be overpowering. Yeah. Now you've got um, quite a wide range of marine life up there. You got the you got the reef up there and and uh, crocodiles and all that sort of stuff. What, yeah. Um, what sort of uh, delicious seafood do you see coming through on your grill? Um, funny, we don't do a lot of seafood. Maybe because we didn't grow up eating a lot of seafood, but every every customer that we speak to has a boat and they go out and catch their own uh, their own coral trout or barramundi or, you know, they, everyone loves fishing up here. So, and I get asked for, I mean, I do get some every now and then red emperor and that on the grill and do a whole fish. Um, but growing, not growing up eating a lot of fish, which I always say I'll change that about us about me and Raj both. Um, but we do like doing like a whole fish, like Red Emperor is one of my favourite to do a whole um, baked fish on the on the Kamado or on the Traeger. Um, so, yeah, look, all the customers that we sell our grills to, a lot of the people actually buy a bigger grill because they fish so much and their fish, like it has to fit. So they buy the biggest grill to fit a whole fish and stuff like that. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, no, everyone, we are very privileged up here. Yeah, so I I can get uh, Red Emperor down here, and I've got a beautiful um, a beautiful Thai Thai fish marinade that I like to to mix up and then put it directly over the charcoal, and it's just so good. Oh, amazing, yeah, no grilled fish is amazing, and Thai seasonings go really well with all the chili and the lime, and it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the citrus tends to cut through some of the some of the fish oil a, a bit, and you get the taste of the fish without the fish oil taste. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. So that's fish. What about crocodile? Have you put any crocodile on the grill? I haven't. I've only done kangaroo so far. I haven't actually done croc yet, no. Ooh, kangaroo. How'd you go with that? Absolutely amazing. And um, I did a reverse seared um, fillets, so just some steak. Um, so smoke it on the – I did it on the Kamado and then I just seared it on a gas grill quickly, a couple of minutes, and that was beautiful. It was beautiful and tender. I loved it. Yeah, I, I think that that's definitely the way to go with it. I've I've played with kangaroo um, a little bit myself, and I if you don't do it low and slow, it does tend to get quite quite tough, and uh, and it you you certainly get your get your value for money in terms of your chew per minute factor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, we I, I love doing the. I haven't done it in a while actually, but when we did do it, I couldn't stop doing so I was buying it all the time um but it's been a while since I've done it but yeah just smoking and just quickly searing it on on a plate I didn't even use a grill I just used a plate with a bit of butter on you know just a minute each side just to finish it off was amazing 
Oh, beautiful. And did you, uh, did you have it like marinated or anything like that? Yeah, I actually, um, a couple of the times I bought, it was from Woolies actually, they do a marinated one um, and just a fillet. So I did one of those and then the other one was um, I, I brought it in and I, I think it was the badass voodoo rub I used on it the next oh. time. And um, yeah, that, that didn't turn out too bad. Yeah, what I'm really enjoying at the moment is the the badass beef rub. Yeah, the voodoo beef. It's really good. Oh, that's it's the same one, is bold. it? Sorry. Yeah, no, that's yeah. It's really bold and beefy. Yeah, it's mm, very nice. It's fantastic on steak, like a nice reverse seared steak. Absolutely. So you good. know, what's your favorite to go for the steak? What What do you use most? Like, what What is it that you love doing with the steak? What rub? Um, anything from from Heavenly Hell is good. Um, okay. he, he's down here on the Gold Coast, so, uh, Michael sure. Page. So we, um, I'm, I'm able to get that, uh, pretty easily. Um, okay. I like the, uh, as I said, the, the badass barbecue one. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in the States last year, I met, uh, Johnny, um, I'm uh, mental blanking his name. He's the SCA world champion. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, not I, sure. I'm, I'm just mental blanking his name right now, but he's got I'm a rub sure. out as well. And uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's really good as well. Um, yeah. And the other one that I like um, is the Wild Smoke one. So Wild Smoke, okay. based out of Brisbane here, they've got the, the black rub, uh, Bull Dust. Yep. Yeah. And yep. that with the, with the Vinegar X finishing dust is just divine. Oh, that sounds good. I haven't um I haven't stocked the Havenly Hell or Wild Smoke yet. Uh, but a lot of people do ask about Wild Smoke, so I might actually have to get into the suppliers and and actually stock some, hey? Yeah, well we can talk off air and I can uh, and I can certainly give you the contacts. Um yeah, that the good. uh the bacon the DIY bacon rub from Wild Smoke is one of my fa- all-time favorites. Okay, great. No, good to know. Yeah, really good, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I like Hardcore Black and uh, Meat Church. Meat Church. Um, oh, God, I forgot the name now. The blue one. So the Meat Church, Holy Cow. The oh, Holy yeah. Cow and uh, the Hardcore Black from Just Pearls is, is one of our, yeah, one of our favourites. Yeah, it's it's quite nice as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. We, we were just talking about uh, Kangaroo and the last time mm-hmm. I saw you was Kangaroo Valley. That, that's a long way for you guys to travel. Tell us uh how did you end up how, like all the way down there? <laughs> well, Kangaroo Valley, we had never been before. Claire and I went. Um, the other girls couldn't make it, but we both, you know, we're like thinking, where do we want to go? And um, Kangaroo Valley, the barbecues galore owners down there, our brother and sister team, uh, Jenny and Rob, they own the barbecues galore franchise down there. And uh, really good friends. And, um, and, you know, they visited us just before the competition and I said, well, would it be nice to come? And they were like, well, all you need to bring is yourself. We've got all the barbecues, all the gears you need. Just rock up and we'll have everything set for you. And uh, we were like, you know, you can't buy, you know, can't get get a better bargain. So um, I said to Claire and the girls, let's go. And Claire could make it. So we both thought, get on a plane. And only thing we took was meat, actually. We took the meat from here because we you know, we couldn't take the chance of not knowing what we were going to cook. So we uh, took frozen meat from up here 
and that's the only thing we took and barbecues galore down there helped us with the barbecues and the tent and everything else we needed so that was really helpful and um yeah really made it really really easy when you're traveling such a long distance obviously we couldn't drive or anything so no it helped big time yeah you can't pass up an opportunity like that and uh the, the FIFO barbecue comps is usually something that people start doing after sort of three, four, five years and they've, they've uh, you know, built a name for themselves and yeah. they're, they're, they're pulling strings to, to, to be able to do that. So for you to be able to do that on your second competition, that is phenomenal. Yeah, we, we were not, you know, we just wanted to experience something different because we were definitely going to do one this year here in Mackay and Cairns, but obviously it's, Unfortunately, um, coronavirus is, you know, obviously hasn't helped anyone. But, um, yeah, last year we thought, well, we need to get another comp in, get some more experience and meet some experienced team. And we also wanted to do SCA really badly. So we thought, you know what, let's let's give it a go. And we found that the flavour profile definitely changes big time. Every state, every every suburb is different for their flavor profile, what they like. Um, so yeah, it was it was such a good experience, and we just wanted to sort of get more experience up our, our sleeve, basically for the for the comp this year here and Cairns and Mackay. Yeah, so I I was going to ask about that if you had found that there was a difference, um, sort of in that Kangaroo Valley South of Sydney competition versus far north Queensland. What when you said oh, that there were differences in in flavour profiles, what's what's your general profile and how did you find it? Like how how was it different? Well, I, th- I find North Queensland is um, you know people still like to taste their meat, like the seasoning and the smoke. Uh, they don't like it too heavy. They still like the flavour. Um, and cooking at the front of the store, we know, you know, a general idea of the people walking past. They like still to taste the lamb in the lamb, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas I found, I mean, I could be wrong, but down down south, like Kangaroo Valley, when we were doing, because we were under a barbecues galore tent and um, barbecues galore on their side, we're doing similar recipes to what we were doing. Um, Rob and Jenny were running similar sort of recipes and um, and people were going, oh, you can taste lamb here or, you know. So they, they liked a lot of, I think, the rubs and sauces more than what we used, you know what I mean? Like they liked more of the added flavour to the meat Is was our take-home message from there. So um, and, and that gave us an opportunity to sort of fine-tune some of the flavour profiles if we were to da- travel um, to actually do a little bit of research about what people like there is definitely, um, we will definitely be doing that next time. Yeah, it's it's quite fascinating. I was talking uh, earlier this year with um, Jai from Smokeface Gorillas. He's got a background in science and so he, uh, mm-hmm. he, he plugs all the different competitions into a spreadsheet and who gets what scores and all that sort of thing. And he's actually, oh, yeah. and he's actually worked out um, – which teams are doing well in which particular areas based on their profile versus what the judges are looking for. And he can tell you exactly, like he can say, okay, so this is a competition in Southern Sydney. He'll look at who's competing and he'll say that person's going to win it. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's yeah. the guy to get to. <laughs> yeah. We need to, uh, we need to find a bookie who's going to start taking bets on competition barbecue for us. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned that you um that you flew frozen meat down to Kangaroo Valley. How, 
how is that done? Is that like a like a sticky taped shut uh, styrofoam container with dry ice? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, yeah. So we it was all frozen, no ice. Uh, actually, you can take the blocks. I think the ice blocks. So we had uh, yeah styrofoam box um, taped around, and they check they check it all before you can board. So you, you sort of leave it loose until you get to the airport, and they tape it all up for you. Um, and um, yeah, and they just put it in a little um, plastic bag, and off it goes. And because it's frozen, and you know if you're going to compete in the next couple of days, we actually everything was still frozen when we got to Sydney. So um, yeah, that sort of was pretty easy. So it's actually uh, like easier than a lot of people would think it would be. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. So if you have a chance and if you know your supplier has really good meat, it's not that hard and you just pay for one extra bag and it's not expensive or anything either. So. Oh, too easy, too easy. Uh, yeah. Now you did mention before a competition in Mackay. I didn't hear anything about a competition in Mackay. What, what was happening with that? Uh, well, we we sort of heard that it was going ahead, um, but I'm not. A, I mean, right now, obviously, um, we, yeah, there was a talk that it was happening, um, but obviously now I don't think it would be happening because the one here and in Cairns, uh, I'm pretty sure, are cancelled or moved uh, for this year. So yeah, there was definitely a talk of having. So we were like, you know, if there's one in Mackay, we would we would have loved to go there. It would have been great to uh, to tee up Mackay, Townsville, and Cairns, and have like a like a like an FNQ road trip. Yeah, that that was sort of. Uh, I think the Cairns and Townsville was sort of planned like that. They were, yeah. Up, and that would, yeah, and Mackay, that would have, yeah, that would be awesome. So then the travelling teams can just, you know, not having to travel back and forth all the time would be really wonderful. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. All righty, Anju, it's that time of the episode where you're going to hit us with uh, some motivational tips and techniques to uh, help us get out of the kitchen and get outside and cook in the great outdoors. So uh, hit me with it. Well, I would like to just, to be honest, encourage all the women, don't, don't fear the barbecue, you know. You can do amazing meals on the barbecue. It can be um, baking. It can be like I do all my baking on my Traeger. So, you know, all the brownies, cakes and everything can be done out there. So I would like to encourage mostly women and men and everyone else um, to get out there and cook everything you can possibly um, on the on the grill. And um, and also, yeah, just, you know, cook, cook more. Just keep cooking. Um, it doesn't have to be competition or anything. Cook for your family. And the biggest tip I could I could give is if you've got the grill going, just fill it up, you know, and then you've got leftovers for a couple of days. If you've got kids, you can you can, you know, that can be their lunches for the next few days. So just if you got the grill going, fill it up, cook, cook big, um, enjoy outdoors. Yeah, step outside and live. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I find uh, one of the most useful pieces of equipment I ever bought was a vacuum sealer. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best thing. Yeah. I've, I've only got a small family, just my wife and son and I, and uh, my son's only eight. He's not a teenager yet. So he's not going to sit down and eat a whole brisket by himself yet. Um, <laughs> I'm actually really not looking forward to those days because I know they're coming. Uh, he, they're he, coming, not far. <laughs> he, he's tall for eight too. I think he's got, uh, I think he's got some of my brother's genes. I'm 
I'm I'm the runt of the family at uh, at six foot flat. My brother's six foot four and about 120 or 130 kilos or something. So, um, oh, yeah. I'm I'm just looking at the size of my son at age eight. Uh, his his shin bones are almost as long as my shin bones right now. So, uh, oh wow, he's going to be huge. I'm not looking forward to feeding him in a, in about five years time. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> couple of briskets every every dinner. Eh? <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. One for you and one for him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I can actually only eat about two slices of brisket, maybe three, and then I'm done on on brisket. Yeah, I can't do much. I mean, it's such a you know heavy, heavy protein. So yeah, can't really do too much. Mm, I I do love it though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. A couple of slices of good brisket is is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's kind of funny that you were mentioning before about how, you know, ladies shouldn't be afraid to get out on the smoker and all that sort of stuff. When I was first getting into this, I remember having mm-hmm. a conversation with my grandmother and, mm-hmm. uh, and I was explaining how an offset smoker works to her. You know, you, you build the yes. fire over there, the heat and smoke travels through and you cook in there and blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me and she just said, sounds like the wood fired stove I used to cook on 60 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's not new. It's the most, um, I suppose, yeah, most older, like, you know, it's one of the first means of cooking firewood. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Literally meat and fire, meat on coals. That's why they call it the caveman steak. Yeah. That's it. So when it does come to, uh, to motivating people to get outside and get cooking, what, uh, what starter grill do you recommend? It look because I mean we are barbecues galore, right? So I have got anywhere from a kettle to um, a big tr- a timberline worth about four thousand dollars. There is heaps of different types. Get the easiest one. So work out what sort of lifestyle you got. So if you are really a busy person, don't go and buy one of the big offset smokers because you're not going to have time to use it. So it's just going to sit there, rust and not get used, right? So what I would like to recommend is. If you've got the budget, um, you know, if you've got the money to spend on a nice grill that will retain the heat really well, but at the same time you can use without having to baby it, um, definitely a Kamado or or even like a kettle, you know, where you can do a snake method. Um, so depending on the budget you've got, um, just go for the one that suits your lifestyle, not so much how much money you got or anything like that. It's um, if you are, you know, if you have – three days of work and you are, you don't work the rest of the time and you're home all the time. Yeah, definitely go for an offset or something like that. Um, but if you don't have a lot of time on your hands, definitely look for the, uh, barbecues that you don't have to baby so much, like the Traegers and the Kamados, uh, even like the bullets and that are a lot more forgiving than the offsets. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a little bullet smoker here. And if I've, if I've got an overnight cook for a lunchtime, meal, I'll actually mm-hmm. go to the bullet rather than the offset purely because I'm, I'm not one of those people that can just stay awake for 36 hours at a time. It yeah, gets, exactly. uh, it, it gets dangerous for other people if I stay awake for 36 hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So what, what should be their first cook? Oh, definitely look, just do some chicken wings, get, start basic, start from your, um, chicken wings, some, get some bratwurst or something like that. Smoke something very basic to begin with. Do some steak, like, you know, start grilling first. And then after you've sort of nailed your temperatures and the grill, you know how, you know, what's your hot spot, what's your cold spot, then only go and buy yourself a big piece of brisket or ribs 
is my biggest tip to everyone that I sell barbecues to. Yeah, beautiful. That's some great advice there. Absolutely fantastic. Well, listen, thank you very much, Andrew, for taking the time to uh, to, to talk with me this afternoon and, uh, and, and share your wisdom. I'm going to throw the studio over to you now. So we're going to close out the interview with your, uh, you can give it to some thanks to people and shout outs to whoever you'd like and tell everybody where they can track down uh, Barbecues Galore and Queens of Q on the social medias. Thank you, Ben. Um, I would just like to thank everyone. I mean, primarily Ben for giving me this opportunity to speak, um, you know, a few things about our business and um, our team, Queens of Q. Um, so if you are on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find Barbecues Galore Townsville um, and Queens of Q um, on Facebook and Instagram, give us a like. Um, we do do some interesting, um, you know, giveaways and stuff like that as well. So if that's of interest to you, or if you're just trying to get into it, and if you are in far North Queensland or North Queensland, you've got any questions, just click us a message and we'll be more than happy to help. Um, Also would like to thank my husband Raj. Without him, I could not have a competition team. He lets me go wherever I need to go. He lets me buy the most expensive Wagyu brisket. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's uh, thanks to him. Without him, nothing would be possible. Uh, in terms of the team side of things and the girls absolutely love him as well. So um, definitely big thanks to him. And um, yeah, just keep cooking everybody. And if you have any questions or anything about forming a team, it could be, or, you know, if you are that woman that has just been sitting on a fence and going, what smoker should I buy for my family? Just message us on Barbecues Galore Townsville. I would be able to give you my honest feedback. So yeah, thanks everyone. That's a very generous offer, uh, Andrew. Thanks very much for that. I'm sure you're going to be absolutely flooded very shortly with uh, requests for advice and and help and tips and stuff. Yeah, no, we'd love that. And uh, you know, it doesn't make it makes us really happy to be able to help someone decide on a new barbecue and you know, and you know, to see them cooking and producing these amazing meals just makes us really happy. Yeah, no doubt. Look, I'm going to say once again, thank you very much for coming on board the show and uh, and best of luck with both uh, Queens of Q and Barbecues Galore Townsville. Thank you so much, Ben, for giving me this opportunity. I really, really love talking to you. And there you have it, family. That was Andrew Canal from Barbecues Galore Townsville and the always uh, amazing Queens of Q. So massive thanks and appreciation go out to Andrew for taking time out to join us here on the show this afternoon. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing who their next guest is going to be at their shop in Townsville. They've already had uh, Diva Q, as we were just talking about there. So it's going to be really interesting to see who else they get up there into the store. Um, And I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Queens of Q on the competition circuit again. Um, I think we all know it's going to be much later this year before we start getting back into the competitions again. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to catching up with Andrew again. It's always a good time when we get to meet up face to face and just uh, have a beer and have a have a nibble and uh, and just uh, you know talk barbecue. So that's it for today's show. So I'm going to leave you with uh, one last piece of news. The beanies are almost here. So we do have some delicious, thick, warm, smoking hot confessions beanies. They're going to be in their shop very soon. So head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop and check them out in the very, very near future. Anyway, until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. 
head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. Confessions.